Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Show, live on twitch.tv, forward slash Simon316, terrible choice of clothing today, I'm wearing my hungry top for the people that are watching this on, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, listening to, I should say, on audio feed, and the hungry, is it's more of a yellow colour, but as it turns out, in front of a green screen, does not work, bad news brown, all around but hey that's how we learn we move forward we'll never do it again thank you very much for joining me today if you are live in the twitch chat uh if you're not don't worry about it i hope you're listening on audio as well don't forget if you search for simon's pro wrestling show on all audio feeds you can get exclusive episodes you know some go up here some go up on youtube channel search for simon miller but it's the audio feed that you want one spotify soundcloud google play itunes all of that nonsense and i hope to see you there and i also hope that everybody's had a good week that's the most important thing uh, we are going to have to talk about, not have to, I want to, but we are going to talk about some uh, things going on in the world right now because it does pertain to wrestling. And for my money, it ties into, I wouldn't call it the biggest news story we've had for a while, but it's certainly what caught my eye when I woke up this morning and then we'll get into Raw after the fact too. I should have got it up really and I didn't because I was running around like a moron. Let me try and find it now. But obviously it comes down, it pertains to the man known as Kevin Owens. You know, Kevin Owens is a good chap all round. Had a good match on Raw, I thought. I like the progression. Of course, my phone doesn't work as I'm trying to do this. Why would it? Um, but uh, Jason Riker, whatever the, the guy from the Forgotten Sons uh, is called. Why the hell is my phone just stopped working? Oh, it's the website I'm trying to go to. Okay. Uh, Jason Riker, I'd, I'd rather get his proper name, but I just, I can't seem to load it up. Am I going to get it on there? No, I am not. Anyway, the dude from the Forgotten Sons. I can't remember his name. I know I've got it. Now it loads. Just there. So yeah, Jackson Jackson Riker, who's part of the Forgotten Sons. They're doing that gimmick on SmackDown. Uh, he tweeted something out, be it in character or not in character. But obviously it was quite... Well, I'll read it to you. It says, thankful for the president of the United States we have. Uh, gosh bless America. Built a freedom, forgotten no more. And Kevin Owens responded to that. With the freedom you speak of entitles you to speak your mind all you want. I'm not here to argue that. I just really need to tell you that I think you pushing your shitty wrestling catchphrase as all of this is happening is absolutely effing pathetic. Good night. So he ended it nicely and he walked off. And there were other things like uh, Mustafa Ali said something, Ricochet, Sami Zayn. Batista, Hangman Page, Ryan Nemeth, and Joey Janela all called him out for it. And especially on today, which is Blackout Tuesday, uh, I, I thought about not doing some content. So I thought, no, I'll do the podcast and, I, and I'll leave everything else for the day. And ups and downs, of course. We'll do ups and downs. But I thought it was a nice way to tie wrestling into everything that's going on. And I feel like it's important to talk about. Um, some uh, Look, whatever your opinions are, I, I stand with Kevin Owens on that. I do believe in the freedom, the, the, you know, the freedom of speech. And you're allowed your opinions. It's not up for me or anybody else to tell you otherwise. But I do think right now, if you can't see what's going on in the world and you, you know, you're not waking up to it, then yes, I think uh, tweets like that from Jackson Riker, in character or not, are utterly shameful, to be honest. 
it's just a it's a horrific situation. It's a horrific situation all around. And it has bled into everything. There's no two ways about it. Like I listen to a lot of talk radio, sports talk radio. I just like having it on in the background. And even they feel the need to talk about it, as they should, because it's permeated football, it's permeated wrestling, uh, you know, it's permeated all sports stars. Even Michael Jordan talked out uh, talked on this. And Michael Jordan has always been a guy that's kind of been quite quiet on those issues, which again is his prerogative. It just it just, it just it just blew my mind. It really does blow my mind. And I think right now the last thing we need to be doing is is trying to inflame uh, inflame anymore um you know the the black community has been treated and i'm like talking on this too much because like i'm a white bald guy do you know what i mean i am jewish so you know i, I have had some anti-semitism in my life but the black community right now needs it needs allies and it needs support and it needs people not to speak up for them because they can do that you know black people can do that themselves you know to just ignore it and not say anything that's the hard thing it's so easy to be silent and it's so easy to pretend that it's not going on but that kind of makes the it kind of makes it part of the problem in many ways because we all need to we all need to speak up and we all need to we need to discuss this and just understand that there is a severe imbalance when it comes to the when it comes to the human race, which is why again you've got people like Kevin Owens saying that you've got Sami Zayn calling him out on it again. Mustafa Ali, Mustafa really not never holds back. Really cool dude is Mustafa Ali, and pretty Ricky. That's Ricochet. <laughs> Didn't know he changed his name to that. And Batista is just a, politi- a political fire cannon right now. He's an absolute political fire cannon right now. You know he's taking everybody to tasks. But it's um, you know simply put to just to wrap it up. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. You know that's that's the key. And I know what. People People are going to say, and I'm not even going to say those words. You know what the the certain reply is, and I just think that it's wrong. I think that it's wrong. That's not the point right now. Um, there's been plenty of analogies out there, but no one walks around saying all humans need food because there's a huge percentage of the population that has the food. And it doesn't mean you spread the food around everywhere. It means you try and concentrate on the areas that need more food. And that's my analogy for this for this situation. We need parity. We need balance. We need, you know, this stuff to, to stop to stop happening. And again, I just I want to throw my my words of support in there because it's it's so easy just to just to be silent. And I understand that I'm I'm coming from you know a source where I'll never be able to truly understand. And that's why I want to walk a tightrope a little bit because I don't want to pretend that I do. And it's different, you know. You know, racism is one thing and anti-Semitism is something else. I've experienced the latter. I've never experienced the former. But you know, they don't tie in one to one. I've never been driving along and a policeman pulled me over for example so yeah kind of surprised to see to see a tweet like that kind of unbelievable and i'm not surprised kevin owens did what he did but it just kind of ties into what kevin owens who kevin owens is as a <laughs> as a person he's always doing stuff like this just i remember he, he, he had that t-shirt campaign him with Sami Zayn a few months ago for the fires or something like that something was going on and he made sure to to put himself out there which is kind of hilarious because he's such a good bad guy on television which <laughs> which makes me laugh not that obviously there's no there's no correlation there whatsoever but it does make me chuckle when somebody i i always like kevin owens something like the Miz is probably a better example you know when the Miz is in proper bad guy mode he can come across like such a prick and then you kind of see some of the stuff he's doing in the real world and it's uh yeah it's kind of incredible it's just it's kind of that's why I love wrestling where you can just uh, pull the pull the blinders down and forget everything that's uh, you know, re- real, and that's that's why it's incredible. So yeah, I felt like it was important to talk about that before before we go on, and that that's my stance on it. And if anybody disagrees, I think you're wrong. I don't usually say things like that. I try and I try and like I say, hear all opinions. You say loud your opinion, 
but it's one of those it's like you trying to convince me that murdering somebody is okay i'm like no it's not it's you just you'll never you're wrong that you have that you have that opinion but you've still allowed it and there's consequences and responsibilities and everything like that and look it may turn out that it's part of a story if it is incredibly ill-judged i mean going back to smackdown we'll start there i don't like these forgotten sons vignettes with everything that's going on in the world right now they're not entertaining anyway they don't make me care more about this tag team i don't hate or like them anymore the disclaimer is ridiculous it's stupid I would just stop that straight away. Again, I don't usually talk that vehemently about anything, but it's just dumb. It's just dumb and it's ill. It's ill-conceived and it's not going to help them get anywhere. I can it and just, you know, do whatever. It was bizarre they got brought up to SmackDown to begin with. There were plenty of other tag teams that we probably should have been focusing on, but I get it. It was a needs-must situation. I don't want to tar the other two with the same brush, of course. And again, I don't know what his point of doing this was. Um, but yeah, I don't like those, the, those things on SmackDown. Although I will say, I thought SmackDown was kind of decent. I mean... <laughs> The opening angle is controversial. I mean, let me know in the let me know in the chat what you thought about all of that. I don't mind WWE doing something different. And if this was a hit and run angle with anybody else, I don't think I even would have felt the need to to talk about it. But other than from a oh, did I like it or not like it point of view. But to do it with Jeff Hardy when you kind of you know you know what he's already been through. I just I don't know that that feels that feels misjudged to me. <laughs> it feels it feels misjudged. And like I, but again, if Jeff Hardy is cool with it, who am I to say otherwise? It's like if somebody wants to do a story about me losing my hair and I don't care, let's just do it. But if Jeff Hardy, I, I just when it's affected somebody so badly, I don't think you want to start blurring the lines of reality. Uh, I'm not saying that Jeff Hardy would do this, but maybe it does make it harder. I don't know. I've never been in that place, but I think there are other things that we could do. At least he came back at the end. I'm sure it will turn out Seamus set him up and we can double down on that feud and then, you know, Jeff Hardy will win. So I guess, you know, the bad guy got his comeuppance. And I didn't, I thought that in terms of, you know, bookending the show with it, it was good and it probably kept the audience, which I think the, the, the rating showed this week, but it was still a little bit like, hmm <laughs> hmm but i guess most people won't even know i don't know how many people are actually reading that stuff um i like the daniel bryan Sheamus match obviously i've heard it's been taped already apparently daniel bryan versus um who the hell is he taking on my brain is aj styles of course daniel bryan versus aj styles for the intercontinental championship which is either next week or whenever apparently is so good that the trainees in the performance center actually started reacting like they were watching a match so I can't wait. I mean, how could it not be good? It's Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles, and I'm sure they feel like they've got something to prove. But yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't wait for that. And uh, the Otis, the Otis Mandy Rose thing was nuts as well. I I need to start being a bit more uh, transparent on ups and downs. I knew what it was parodying. And even if I didn't know what it was parodying, all you need to do is go on the internet for 32 seconds and you can figure it out. But because I just I thought I'd play it up, I just got inundated with messages, which I always enjoy. <laughs> But still, still, it made me chuckle. On that note, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at SimonLeaf316. If you're only going to pick one, pick Instagram. That's what I'm trying to focus on at the moment because everyone tells me it's more important and I don't really do much on there. So I'm posting regularly or as regular as I can. And of course, shout out to PinsandKnucklesMerch.com. PinsandKnuckles.com, always supporting Simon Miller's show. And of course, shout out to Patreon.com forward slash SimonLeaf316. Thank you to everybody that came and joined my Patreon this week. You've helped me no end. Uh, you have all the love from me and you always will do. Even the people that come and go, you were there for a little bit and that's all that matters right raw 
a mixed bag of a show. Somebody in the chat, I've lost you now, asked me about Nia Jax. Now, look, I will say this. When I watched it, I just thought it was one of those wrestling things that went wrong. Since then, I've heard a lot of podcasts with people saying internally, the idea is that they think Nia Jax needs to calm the hell down, and she was responsible for it. I can only comment on what I saw. I get that you can't just say, oh, well, if it wasn't for all these other incidences, because those incidences have happened. That's why it got the reaction that it did. But just on that one spot, when she threw Kyrie Sane into the stairs, to me, I've seen far worse. I've seen people be thrown harder. So I get to, I was just like, okay, that's just what happens in wrestling. But I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. That's just my opinion. It doesn't mean I'm right. It doesn't mean I'm wrong. Um... I, I, what I didn't like mostly, we're starting with Nia Jax versus Kyrie Sane, which is bizarre, is I just didn't need to see Kyrie Sane lose again to Nia Jax. It was the third time. I've already seen it twice. Why have we gone back to it? I would have much rather Nia, uh, Nia, yeah, Nia Jax goes off and does her own thing, which she is with Oscar, and we put Kyrie Sane in a feud with somebody else. I mean, where's Liv Morgan? Where's Bianca Belair? Where's, oh, there was somebody else. I was like, well, they've just vanished off TV. Uh, oh, Naomi. There's three people right there. And I know they're on different brands, but we're just throwing AJ Styles around. So why can't we do it with them? You know, where's Carmella? Where's Dana Brooke? These are all people that could be having feuds with Kyrie Sane right now, should you want to give it the TV time, which we obviously don't. And having Nia Jax just wreck somebody else you can't even say that it was beneficial to her story with oscar because he's already wrecked Kyrie saying twice it's already part of the narrative i did like charlotte versus oscar though those two have great chemistry i hated the finish why did it finish because nia Jax came out oscar wasn't out of the ring for a count of 10 nobody told us so strange so absolutely bizarre so i didn't get it i didn't get that at all um i do like the bobby lashley mcintyre feud i do i've said this before and i'll say it again i think bobby lashley being that spot just makes sense mvp fills the hole much as leo rush was doing before that all fell out i would try and separate bobby lashley and lana as quickly as possible because i think bobby lashley and mvp as a team just work better when it's really simple but with all that said I thought this was the weakest part of the story so far. I kind of felt like this week's episode of Raw fell into that awful middle part of, well, we've still got a couple of weeks before Backlash. We don't want to pull too many triggers. So let's just kind of do a bit of a tightrope walk where we don't actually do much at all. And that's not a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not necessarily a good thing either. And again, Lana at the end was all like, oh, I'm going to go out for MVP's match. Because although my Bobby doesn't want me out there for his because I'm too hot, MVP never said that, but then she didn't do anything. She just smiled as MVP lost to Drew McIntyre. Bobby Lashley was doing more distracting. And again, it was cool. You know, Drew McIntyre wins and Bobby Lashley jumps in the ring and locks on the full Nelson. That's how Raw goes off the air. So I guess we're led to believe that <laughs> we're in Florida. He's still got that full Nelson on and people are trying to rip him off because unbreakable, the unbreakable full Nelson. But he didn't... Lana, to me, has become somewhat of a distraction. And that's not her fault. She's part of the story. We just need to write her out of the story. But I like the idea of MVP and Bobby Lashley just being hitmen almost. They want that championship. They're going to go in. They're going to go in full blast. I also am very confused that MVP has retired twice and keeps having matches. <laughs> but whatever. Whatever. I like the feud. I think they're going to have a good match, and I do, uh, I do look forward to it. I also like the dumbness between the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits. I'm not saying that it's good. I'm not saying that it's the most um, you know, well-produced television we've ever seen. But because they're having fun, I'm having fun. It's as simple as that. That's all I need. I think we could cut these down a lot. I think they could be edited a little bit crisper. But again, their, their energy comes out the screen and I just sit there laughing. I'm like, it's inoffensive. I don't care. They're going to do a decathlon next week. That should. I guess we need to do two more and then it should be four all. And then the fifth one should be the, the wrestling match for the, for the tag titles. 
But I do, I don't mind leaving the performance center, you know, even with the perspex glass or the plexiglass and the people in the crowd, which does make it better. I need to, I need to get out of it. I just do. It's just one of those things. It's much better. It makes, it paces the show better. So I like all the dumbness and fair play to them for not taking themselves seriously. I think we could all do with a dose of that at the moment, which was the same for all the AEW stuff. And that was a massive fallout this week with Jim Cornette saying that he hates it. And then Chris Jericho's like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. It's just each to their own. I don't know why we have to get into this so deep. If you liked it, great. If you didn't like it, that's okay as well. Just don't watch it. I don't think we need to go on these vitriolic tirades about it and say, oh, wrestling is dead. Well, then just don't watch wrestling anymore. It's so bizarre to me. If you watch a television show and it's got 10 seasons and you get to season four and you think it's jumped the shark and it's no good anymore, you just don't watch it. So if you're a long-term wrestling fan and you don't like the modern take, the 2020 approach to pro wrestling, I don't get why you would watch it and wind yourself up so much that you go on the internet and have a meltdown as opposed to just going, meh, I don't want to and go and do something else. It's just bizarre. I don't get mad about anything like that. I really, really don't. There's plenty of stuff I don't like in the wrestling world, but I go, okay, somebody may be enjoying it. As long as it's not offensive, I'm all right. But I get, I'm clearly a bored asshole. This we know. Uh, Love everything with Apollo Crews. Well, I say that, not everything. The finish of the Apollo Crews-Kevin Owens match made me roll my eyes. Because again, it was just the classic, oh, we'll get 10 minutes into a match and then our bad guys will run out. And they'll, <laughs> and they'll do the DQ, which is just so boring. Like, it's okay if you only do it once in a while, but WWE litters every show with that. Double count outs and surprise roll-ups. The most devastating move in all the spets of entertainment. We know this. And now my brain has started to get to the point where it's like, well, you do know that we're not going to get a winner, Simon. There's no two ways. And I'm like, damn it, brain, you're right. So that then backs me up and my confidence goes. They need to do a 180 with that really good. Because that Apollo Crews match and Kevin Owens was great. And I understand that Kevin Owens lost last week, but he did tie into a story. I wouldn't massively have been against Apollo Crews defending his championship in the first time he tried against someone like Kevin Owens. That's almost like the full circle. That happened when Kevin Owens got brought up and he beat John Cena and now Apollo Crews can do that. I, I don't think that would have been a problem. But the reason it feels like it would have been is because in WWE you only lose if you're an idiot <laughs> or if you get screwed over. No one actually just loses like it's a sport. Something else that we should do. And the cool thing was when we then had Andrade and Angel Garza versus Kevin Owens and Apollo Crews, while it only went five minutes, I thought it was really fun. Really good match. Those guys are great. Really great. And I thought Apollo Crews getting the win over Andrade was was top stuff because now he's beaten three times in a row. He's dominant champion. I just hope they don't take him off, take the belt off him anytime soon. That really does worry me. Seth Rollins is good too. I don't understand what he's talking about. And I don't understand why WWE marketing promoted a Rey Mysterio retirement angle when it was Seth Rollins saying, oh, I'm going to be putting on a retirement ceremony for him. It's like, well, you wouldn't listen to him. He's a crazy guy trying to take out his eye. And then we got to the part with Rey Mysterio. He was just at home, chilling out on Skype, being like, yeah, my eye's screwed. Maybe I'll come back. Maybe I won't. The question is, is Dominic going to get involved? Because it's an easy six-man tag match here. Obviously, Alistair Black, Chumberto, Humberto, Carrillo, and uh, Rey Mysterio against Seth and his cronies, right? It's a six-man tag. It makes all the sense in the world. And then they can all split off if you want to carry on singles feud. But now, Dominic has put himself back into the equation, much like he did when Rey was fighting with Brock Lesnar and did the whole eye-for-an-eye thing because he's pissed off that Seth Rollins went after his dad's eye. So are we going to see Dominic in the ring? Is he going to tag with Rey Mysterio? Is he just going to attack Seth and kind of act as a manager kind of a dude? Not a manager, but an outside force. Do we want to see that? Is it too soon? Has he had enough training? You know, there's so many questions. But 
And I get that he just disappeared last time, so there's every chance that could happen again. But it, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see what the point of this was, because there must have been a point. The closing line from the Skype call was Dominic Mysterio, <laughs> which I don't think is his name, but it's Dominic Mysterio. So if he just doesn't do anything now, I'll be confused. I imagine Rey Mysterio will be back next week or the week after, and he'll jump Seth Rollins. Maybe Seth Rollins has an opportunity. I did think it was good despite, again, using the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, that Alistair Black beat Seth Rollins. It was a clean win, one way or the other, and it's a visual pinfall over a guy that has won multiple championships and that really is the face of Raw when you kind of break it down. That is the best thing Alistair Black has had since he beat Murphy, what, three, four weeks ago? More than that, months ago. You know, that was um, that was miles ago. I've just realized my damn battery's about to die. Where's my plug? There it is. I charged it up last night. You think I would need a new laptop. It's not even that old. I'll forget to take this out, the audio version as well, and I'll be an idiot. One sec. Aye. Oh, now the wire is all screwed up. This streaming lark is fun, isn't it? I, I did this deliberately, like, a day ago, so that I wouldn't have to... Oh, man, it's absolutely screwed. What the hell is going on? That'll do. I've lost my train of thought now. Damn you. Stupid thing. What the hell was I talking about? It was good. <laughs> and I don't know what we do with Alistair Black. I think Alistair Black needs to go after a championship at some point. The question is, what belt does he go after? He's not going to go after the WWE title. They won't give it. They won't take Drew off it. And obviously, Apollo Crews is a face. And I don't see us turning Alistair Black heel anytime soon. So that will be intriguing. But I thought it was good. I thought it was good. You got a couple of segments out of it. Uh, the Rey Mysterio stuff carries on. Again, the Rey Mysterio retirement angle was a little bit of uh, of a tease. But ultimately, I'm not against it. Uh, what other notes do I have here? Da -da -da. Man, look at that. My up and down counter is right there. I know everything. I know everything. Yeah, we went straight into the Alistair Black match at the start, which was good. Angel Garza and Zelina Vega are hilarious together. The Randy Orton promo. I loved it. I loved the Randy Orton promo. This is peak, I don't give a crap Orton. And I just like the story. I like the fact he looked down into a camera and said, yeah, I have been half-assing it for the last 20 years. And look at this, Edge, I'm better than you, and you suck. The, the, the only problem I have with that feud is this whole greatest match of all time nonsense. Because even if they did have the greatest match of all time, the fact that you've told us they are means some people won't feel like it lived up to that mantra because it never does the greatest match of all time will be the greatest match of all time you may have an inkling that it's going to be good because you know the people going into it are of such high talent but as soon as you run that down people's throats it's less likely to become the best match of all time because again the bar is too high and it's even higher here because you don't have any fans so they're going to have to pull something else out of their pocket and i don't know what that could be I still thought Randy Orton did a good job. I understand why we wheeled Shawn Michaels out. Shawn Michaels actually can lay claim to having some of the best matches of all time, depending on your, uh, depending on what you enjoy from pro wrestling. And also he picked Edge, clearly because Randy Orton was picked by Ric Flair. You probably get Triple H doing one of these. And I think we've got one more week, I think. Who else could do one? You get some other legend and then it'll be 2-2 two -two in terms of the predictions. But I like it. I just, I think it's... I just think they've given him they've given him too much of a of a barrier to get over. And it kind of I don't think he's gonna get any more people interested. So yeah, that was absolutely bizarre. The iconic stuff. 
I really like this new aggressive Iconics, and I had no problem with Billy Kay versus Nikki Cross. Well, it goes back to my point about Liv Mulganomi, Ruby Riot, there's another one, and whoever else I said earlier. You've already got them feuding with the Iconics on Raw, and yet we also have to have Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross on SmackDown. I get that they're tag champs and they have that power, but I don't know why they can't have one feud, which would free, free up either, you know, depending which way you want to go, it frees up Sasha Banks and Bayley to go and do something else. I want to see more people on my television when it comes to the women's roster. And, you know, having the tag champs in two different feuds on two different shows, and it confuses me. And you can say, Miller, you're a moron, more than allowed to, and you'd be correct. But... I got confused on Friday, Saturday, when I did ups and downs for SmackDown. I thought Iconics were on SmackDown. I thought, oh no, they're not, they're on Raw. But I, because I, I was thinking about this feud and just getting, getting all wrapped up in it. So I would separate that all massively. I would just, I'd have Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross in a tag team championship feud with the Iconics, and I'd have Sasha Banks and Belly doing something else. Even more so because now you're tying up two belts. You're tying up the tag team championships and the SmackDown women's titles. I don't get that. I mean, you can uh, maybe I'm being too much of a wrestling nerd. Probably am, and I and I would say that you are that you are correct. Otherwise, yeah, Nia Jax, we've done that. Randy Orton, we've done that. I really liked Oscar versus Charlotte. Don't know if I'm in the minority with that, but I did. And then the main event felt a little bit strange, but it was more or less okay. That was Raw. See, Raw kind of flew by. It, again, it just felt like it was a, we just need to get to next week kind of a show. There was no mad sort of steps forward or anything like that. Apart from the Lana MVP stuff, we'll see where we're going. But again, I just I would just get Lana out of the picture. I think you've got real longevity with MVP and Bobby Lashley. And like I say every week, it's because what they did in TNA together. They do have good chemistry. And for some reason, despite being a massive dude, having MVP by his side legitimizes Bobby Lashley even more. I don't really get it, uh, but it's true. All right, we should do some comments. I haven't done any of that yet. Uh, James256 says, why can't NXT trainees sit down at Raw or SmackDown? It just wrecks my head. Why not? Dude, I'd love to answer your question. I don't know. Maybe they think seats looks unprofessional, even though every single wrestling show in the history of the world has likely had seats. I can't answer that, but I will say I'm so happy they're there. Oh, man. Even though they're kind of uh, pantomime cheering and booing, at least it's cheering and booing. At least it's something just that I hate the deathly silence. It was always worse on SmackDown. You get, are you ready? And Michael Cole's like, well, come just work that. And just dead. Just dead in the background. I can't stand it. It's too much. Um, where else am I going? The greatest match of all time is subjective, says Cali Kid 818 Yes, that's true. That's true. Um, hi, my name is Rune, says, for me, the greatest match of all time is still Joe Punk 2 from Ring of Honor. My word, going right back in the day. Well, it's certainly a shout. That was a great match. See, I don't know what I think the greatest match of... I think it would change day by day. Some days I probably think it's Bret Hart versus Austin from WrestleMania 13, but a lot of that ties into nostalgia. Other days... You know, it could be one of the Okada Kenny Omega matches, which I do think were amazing. I've watched the Ric Flair Ricky Steamboat series; they're awesome. You know, sometimes I want all out, you know, just crazy carnage. Triple H versus—I don't think it's the best match ever, but you know, if I say I want a crazy carnage match today, and I watch Triple H versus Cactus Jack from Royal Rumble 2000, that could be up there too. You know. Some of the Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles matches in TNA are flipping amazing. The Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe style, Samoa Joe um, TNA matches are pretty damn good. Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. There's Masawa matches you can go and watch. You're like, holy shit, this <laughs> this is nuts. So you go all over the place. That's before we get to Mexico. My Mexican knowledge is not great, but there's great wrestling matches happening all the time. Is my point. 
Uh, JDM3232 says, I like the idea of Sasha and Bailey going for the tag titles to see how far their trust goes. Yeah, I don't mind that. I don't mind telling the story. I just... I just feel like it's taking up extra TV time when we could have, again, a Liv Morgan and Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair especially. She came up, joined the Street Profits, yelled at them, and then I guess got fired. <laughs> from a kayfabe point of view, she got fired from her job after about a few months. Sucks to be her. Absolutely sucks. Um, my man Darren. Jessamine Duke looked unimpressed on Raw Talk. She looked so cheesed off. I haven't seen Raw Talk yet, but of course, we should talk about the WWE Network. It now has a free tier. It gets you access to some of the series, some episodes of Raw and SmackDown and, and whatnot. It probably means two things. A higher tier version is coming soon. So like 12, 13, 14, 99, where you will get extra content. But also this to me would be the first step in pay-per-views becoming pay-per-views again. Now, I don't think we'll do 12 pay-per-views a year. I'm not saying that. I don't think that will be the case. But I do think we're on the cusp of the big four, at least. And maybe Money in the Bank 2 uh, being old school, traditional 50 bucks or less, whatever WWE is going to charge pay-per-view on ESPN or Peacock or whichever service they choose to use. It's going to suck because we're so used to just paying $10 a month and getting all this content. Maybe from a business point of view, it does make sense, but I don't need to worry about WWE's business. I'm a fan. <laughs> Some people think otherwise, but it's true. But I can only imagine you introduce a free tier... Like, introducing a free tier is ultimately going to lose you subscribers. Because if I'm thinking about, you know, paying 10 bucks, then I realize, oh, wow, I can get enough content from the free version. I don't, you know, I don't feel the need to now do it. There has to be an offset to that. And while a little bit of that offset will be trying to tap into the hardcores like you and me to pay $5 more, I would imagine the ultimate one is now pay-per-views cost money again. I could be wrong, not based on anything, pure speculation. Obviously, there were rumors that Vince McMahon was trying to sell WrestleMania 36 and the world went to hell, so it didn't happen. But that is my gut feeling. When it will happen, I don't know. Maybe SummerSlam, especially if they do get fans back for SummerSlam, there may be an appetite. And look, AEW apparently just smashed through their um, record for, for buy rates, double or nothing this year. Apparently did like 130. We don't know, again, it's, it's estimates. But apparently did like 130, 140,000 buys, which is more than they've ever done. Uh, the ESPN show, the UFC show, sorry, did 750,000 buys, which is way more than it would have done otherwise. And again, there's an appetite for content right now because a lot of us are sat in our houses. But if WWE can establish that now, it may actually give them a good footing to work off. So keep an eye on it. But by the end of the year, it wouldn't surprise me if at least WrestleMania and something else is normal pay-per-view. And let me know how you think about that. I'd be intrigued. Um, Chris ate Jill Sandwich says, a lot of the storylines feel like they're being milked along to SummerSlam. Potentially. Um, I can see why, especially if they think, especially if they think that's when they're going to have fans in the building. Again, why they think that will be okay to do it? Then they must have had some information. But I can see that. I can see that. It's. I don't feel like that was Raw's problem. I felt like Raw's problem was we have all these ideas, but we should do it next week when we're one week closer to backlash because we don't want to overdo. You know, we don't want to peak the feud too early, which I do appreciate. And I don't think you can have amazing episodes all the time. It's always going to go up and down, ha ha, lol, lol, because that's just how entertainment works. But by the end of it, I was like, you know, it was all right, but it wasn't great. It hasn't, it didn't feel like it flowed as well as some other shows had up to this point, but that's all right. I still like some of the feuds. Like I say, Kevin Owens, Angel Garza is great. Andrade versus Apollo Crews has something. All the stuff with Seth Rollins, Alistair Black and cronies. All right by me. And Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley feels like a WWE title feud. So you can take that for what it's worth. 
Uh, Brick14 says they would need to make the pay-per-views worth it, though. Not even Mania feels special anymore. That's what they would do, yeah. That would be the idea. It would be revamping them so they feel like they're worth your time. How they do that, I don't know. I don't have an answer. And again, this is all off the top of my head and just my reaction when I saw the news. We'll find out. We will 100% find out. And when we do, we can decide whether we want to spend the money or whether we don't want to spend the money. But you're right. They would have to put on better shows and more appealing shows from a star power point of view than they have done up to this point. Because there's been plenty of main events recently where it's like, do I want to watch that? Not really. But I will because I can. And that's the big thing. If I know this... For the people listening, I'm just going to push a button. If I know that, pushing a button gives me access to three hours worth of pay-per-view on a Monday morning. I mean, I'm lucky I get to do it for my job. But either way, yeah, I'll put it on in the background. I'll stay up to date. But then when I've got to put my hand in my pocket and shell out, let's say 50 bucks, that's usually the given rate. Well, then you've got to really make me care. You know, there's really got to be an incentive because 50 bucks is a lot of money, especially at the moment in a global pandemic. Just my guess. I could be absolutely wrong. Uh, my man Darren says, I wonder what extra content we would have to get for the network in terms of the pay. Uh, I don't know, you know. Because the thing with me is they always said they may do uh, Progress or ICW or a bunch of other independent promotions. Would I watch that on the WWE Network when there's so much other content? I like to think that I would, but I struggle with the time as it is. So I don't know whether it is worth the extra five bucks for me. It will be intriguing. To me, the best stuff they do are the documentaries, which is why when they announce they're going to do a 24 on the Ric Flair retirement from WrestleMania 24, 24, 28, 24, I was like, hell yeah, I'll watch that. And the Undertaker documentary has been great, and the Edge documentary has been great, and there's been plenty of other behind-the-scenes stuff that's been awesome. That's kind of my favorite thing on the network now, maybe even more so than the pay-per-views. If you said to me, Simon, you had to watch The Last Ride or great balls of fire <laughs> i would pick the la i would pick the last ride because it feels like i'm learning things it feels like i'm being educated it feels like i'm being let into a world i was never allowed into before and sometimes that's half the fun with wrestling uh cold and exotic goes miller you're fat thanks bro you also say not really thanks for all your fitness content and you're putting me back into wrestling and i haven't watched since back of the wc derby days my word dude well you should get in contact with aew let them know i'm kidding i'm kidding hey man if i'm able to do that and i was able to spark any kind of uh, uh, flame or passion that's my my privilege it's my pleasure just thanks for being along i appreciate you being here um yeah chris eight jill sandwich says the take a documentary has been worth the 9.99 alone i agree i really do i would spend that on some kind of streaming service for those five episodes i know we've only seen a few up to this point but it's fabulous and i've been watching that in conjunction with the last dance which is also fabulous and that's kind of what has my appetite right now. Again, being led into the place I'm not supposed to I'm not supposed to be led in. But we'll see. We'll see what they do. I don't know. But I would keep the network at 10 bucks if they just inundated it with those kind of projects. I would. And the more I can learn and the more I feel like I'm in that special place, the better. But we'll see. Uh, do you think Dominic versus Seth at Backlash Extreme Rules? Um, no, 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 no. I don't think we're going to do Dominic versus Seth anytime soon. I think if Dominic does get involved, it'll be in some kind of tag team match. I think we'll probably do a six-man tag at one of those pay-per-views versus Seth's cronies versus the good guys. I could be wrong. And if not, I think you do Seth versus Alistair Black again. I know they gave him 20 minutes on Raw, and you could argue we've already had it, but I thought it was so good. And you kind of had a fluky finish, but not really. Really, as long as the story can justify it, I don't mind seeing those guys back in the ring. A hundred percent, no. I uh, I got a massive kick out of it. I thought it was, I thought it was great. I should check the news sites as well, as I always say, in case there's something I should be talking about. I do want to point out, I didn't mind Raw. I thought Raw was was decent, but 
you know, I don't think anything else has gone on though that I've well, apart from the massive news, but we addressed that at the start of the of the show. We talked about Nia Jax. Kurt Angle turning down an offer to manage Matt Riddle, I thought was strange. Like I don't mind that because I like Kurt Angle and I think he's one of those guys, no matter what you give him, he'll do fine. But Matt Riddle doesn't need a manager. Matt Riddle has something about him that where he needs to talk and just be himself. You don't want to steer him away from that. But also, why the hell would you put Kurt Angle on a th- Friday show with Matt Riddle when you've got Chad Gable, Shorty G right there, who's in desperate need of something? I would just presume they don't have a plan for, for Chad Gable, which is mad. But a dude that competed in the Olympics, a dude that is arguably the best amateur wrestler on the roster right now in terms of people that are still active, I think he's great. I just don't like his stupid gimmick. I'm short. That's his thing. I don't care that you're short because Daniel Bryan appears to me to be short. I mean, I, I can't think of anybody else now, but it was Spud, Rockstar Spud or um, uh, Drake Maverick. There's loads of dudes who are short. So I don't know why all of a sudden Shorty G should be the best of the short people. You put with Kurt Angle, though, you're trying to legitimize, legitimize him, even though you don't need to, because again, real wrestler. But as soon as you do that, maybe you do get start people getting more interested. And the thing with Gable is he can back it up in the ring. We saw his tag team he had with Jason Jordan. We saw what he did on SmackDown in that Battle Royal. I thought he was great. And his match against Cesaro. You know, he's a really, really talented wrestler. And then you can go, well, he's not got anything else to back it up. Okay, well, give him Kurt Angle. <laughs> That's the point. And he can fill in those blacks. But uh, I'm intrigued to see what, how, because the thing with Matt Riddle is, if you want Matt Riddle to get to where he's going to get, you've got to let him fly. You can't hold Matt Riddle back. You can't script him. And not everyone's going to like him. He rubs up people the wrong way, but that's why he's so good. He's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. But the people that really like him will really like him. And I think he'd win most people over. Kind of wears you down with his like laid-back, positive attitude. So that's the real key. They, they, it was a massive promo video package for him. No two ways about it. Caught him the face of the company. You know, bigged him up. We're going to put him with Kurt Angle, which is also a big deal. But if you don't let him be him, and you don't put him in good storylines, and you don't let him win matches and all these other things, it won't work like how any of us want it to. So I'm massively intrigued. Kind of comes out of nowhere for me. So is Dominic uh, Dijakovic going to Raw. How's he going to have matches with Keith Lee now? How, <laughs> how am I meant to see Keith Lee Dijakovic 42 if they're not on the same brand? But I like the fact that it's balanced. You know, Matt Riddle there, Dijakovic there. And both guys can do really well. I think Matt Riddle has more of an upside than Dijakovic. I just think there's, again, he's just weirder. And weird to me goes a long way. But you have to let Matt Riddle especially just be Matt Riddle. Otherwise, what's the point? And I think they, I think, I don't know this for sure, but it sounds like the reason they put him up on the main roster is because his contract was coming due and he was just done. He wanted a bigger spotlight. He wanted to work with other people. He wanted to be part of a bigger brand, which is probably why they put him on Fox, right? Because even though the ratings aren't where they were, it's still the biggest show that WWE does. Uh, my man Darren says, Gable should at least be IC champion with Angle and his manager. Unfortunately, not going to happen. Uh, JDM323232 says, what's one wrestler or wrestling story you would want to see in Dark Side of the Ring season three? Well, the steroid scandal would be interesting if you don't know about that from the early 90s. There's a lot to get into there. Probably the plane ride from hell for exactly the same reasons. You can't quite believe it. Otherwise, I don't know. I mean, this sounds dark, but I guess it is Dark Side of the Ring. But obviously, the Masawa stuff is unbelievably tragic. And given how riveting and engaging the Owen Hart one was, I suppose you could tap into that too. Um, I don't know what else, you know, that's a great question. I mean, there will be loads. The unfortunate thing with wrestling is that it's rife with controversial stories that make for good documentaries, whether you like wrestling or not. And I much prefer it wasn't like that, but it is. So I think they'll have, um, they'll have a ton of stuff to talk about, unfortunately. But it was great, Dark Side of the Ring. They, they know what they're doing. That Owen Hart one was... Uh, huh. 
Not good. Difficult. Um, WWE 2K22's boss saying he's looking at SmackDown and No Mercy for inspiration. Oh, he means the old original games. Yeah, I believe that when I see it. That's not <laughs> That's not news. Lex Luger turned 62. Can't handle pictures of Lex Luger at 62 because he turned into an old woman. I don't know what happened. I shouldn't say that's horrible. Everybody ages differently. That's not nice. He's just he's so different to what he used to look like. It's uh, It's crazy. Um, that seems to be it, apparently. Apparently, WWE NXT superstars are upset after Ammon Cole versus Velveteen Dream taping. Well, I gotta click this. This website got my click. On last week's episode of Monday Night Raw, NXT superstars like Jessamine Duke and Shotzi Blackheart were using the crowd to create atmosphere. This will be WWE's policy going forward, but it resulted in the same work as a result. Well, yeah, I know all that. Oh, they're upset about having to stand up. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, I'm not surprised. They're upset they had to do all those shows. And they also, basically, they've already filmed Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream for In Your House, which is this Sunday. And apparently these guys then also had to stay standing up. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah, everyone gets mad when you have to stand up for that long. How the hell could you not? Oh, my word, I tell you. Um, where am I going to go? The Anthony effect. If they played their card rights, Dijakovic could be a multi-time mid-card champion. He would be an awesome US or IC champ. Look, I'm not saying Dijakovic is bad. I think Dijakovic is great. He's got a look that they're going to love. He looks different too. He stands out. He's got something different to him. But Matt Riddle is one of those guys where you're like, okay, this could go all the way or it could just peter out entirely. There's a lot more of a swing with Matt Riddle, which ultimately makes him more exciting. You're right. Dijakovic can just fit into the mid-card and he'll rock and he'll have good matches and he'll bring something that you want. But Matt Riddle could be the face of SmackDown. He really, really could be. He's just an odd person. and But he wins people over, and that's what wrestling's all about. Uh, any chance Vince suspends Jackson or just a slap on the wrist with a fine? I don't think he'd do anything like that. No, I don't think anything will happen. Because if he does... It's against free speech. And as I said at the start of this podcast, I'm for free speech. I also think there should be consequences. And I think you have to be held accountable for your actions. I think it would just be a, a strong chat. The problem with him now is that he's lost the locker room. And no matter what kind of locker room you have, obviously locker rooms are a lot nicer now than they used to be. Once you've lost the, the, lost the respect and the support of your peers, that can be a really horrible place to be. So... Yeah, we will uh, We'll have to wait and see. A lot of people mentioned the TNT Championship, obviously on AEW last week. Cody made that an, an open challenge. I can't fly to America right now, nor have I been offered any opportunity. But, you know, shoot your shot, kid. Dare to dream. Anything that I can do, I obviously would do. That would be the greatest thing ever and would be a memory that I would have for the rest of my life. Hamit70, I know you won the poll for becoming Sean Seam's tag team partner. Will this be a thing or no? No. Uh, you should go to Sean Spears' Twitter feed right now. The search is dead because he got yelled at by Tully Blanchard in a flipping amazing promo, by the way. That man just lit up and went crazy. It sounds like AEW is about to bring in some kind of four horsemen which I'm going to be very intrigued about. Um, I don't think it'll be called the Four Horsemen. It just sounds like it's going to be another group, maybe with FTR, Sean Spears, Tully Blanchard, and somebody else. I don't know. But I think those guys together could be quite cool. But the search for Spears is off. It sucks. But I try. I shot my shot, like I just said. And that's it. There's nothing else I can do now apart from, uh, apart from wait. And so I will sit here and I will wait. I don't think I've forgotten anything else. I, I always worried that there was something massive that happened over the weekend. I was like, you should talk about that. And now I can't remember. Obviously, Rob Gronkowski has gone from Raw and WWE. He's going back to play NFL. So he got rolled up by R-Truth. That's done. Meh, whatever. I, I, you know, I, I knew who Gronk was because I watched NFL, but I was never super excited about it. So I don't mind. Good for him, though. I hope the Tampa Bay Buccaneers treat him well and he gets another Super Bowl uh, ring. If that is what he wants, would you have to imagine that it would be? Otherwise, what the hell is he doing? 
And yeah, that's it. That's everything that's going on. Oh, we should talk about Danny Havoc. I don't want to talk too much about Danny Havoc because I didn't know him. Uh, I knew his name from wrestling, but have I ever seen a match of his? No. So I don't want to try and steal away anybody else's grief. But he passed away this week at just the age of 34. I don't even know what the cause of death was. I tried to find it, but I don't think it's been released. I think his wife or his girlfriend had passed away a few weeks ago too. It's just been a real crappy time in wrestling as of late. You know, with Hannah Kimura and Shad Gaspard and now this... Um, especially with the other things that are going on in the world. I don't want to be too cheesy, but maybe it would be a good time just to try and be as super nice to one another as possible. I know that's hippy trippy and I know that's silly, but I think it would just make the world a better place. And I saw so much outpouring for Danny Havoc that you couldn't help be you couldn't help but be moved by it. You know, he clearly made an impact on people. People liked him. Even people that just worked shows with him and didn't really call themselves friends were stunned by it. It just sucks. And to lose a loved one so early as well, I can't even imagine. Um, FTR is a weird name for a tag team. Well, they were going to be called The Revolt, regardless what they say. And now it's called F The Rest, right? Flub The Rest. Ah, name's a name. Like the Viking Raiders. That was stupid when we first heard it, but you just get used to it. It's just it's just how your brain works. Uh, FTR versus The Bucks will be awesome, says Death89. Yes, I think it will be. I think that the FTR are going to go super heel soon. They've got a promo segment on AEW. I think they're going to lay into it hard. And they're even going on Jim Cornette's podcast. Now, I don't think Jim Cornette... I think Jim Cornette is doing it for views. I do not think Jim Cornette is associated with AEW in any way. But I do think that... Uh, cash and dash whatever the hell they're called now will use that to try and potentially send a bullet worth of shockways through the fans to turn on them i think they're going to be a proper old school dastardly team which is what they should be that's their whole gimmick it's their whole gimmick 100 percent. how long do you think it would take for angel garza to turn on zelina for charlie what's already happened it's already going after her that man's obsessed with sex zelina vega thinks it's distracting from his in-ring game which you could argue it is oh he did beat kevin owens last week i don't think you need to have them two split up i think zelina vega should just keep <laughs> cock blocking him would be the <laughs> would be the slang term i like it but no i don't need, we just saw austin theory get kicked out of there i like angel garza and selena vega i think they make a really good uh, a really good team uh, Spears feels like he lost momentum from losing against Cody at last year's All Out. I agree, and I think they know that. Again, go and watch that promo with Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard if you haven't seen it. There's something in the works here. There's a plan. I don't doubt it. I, re- I really, really, really don't. Um, are you excited for the possible return of Talking Smack? See, here's the thing. Raw Talk is back, whatever the hell it's called. 20-minute segment after Raw, Samoa Joe and Charlie Caruso, I think. Just kind of, you know, tying up loose ends. It was fine. I enjoyed it. 20 minutes, harmless. I don't think you're getting talking smack because Fox is going to be like, wait, what? Why are you doing this? You have a show called Backstage. Why aren't you guiding people to watch this as opposed to, you know, stealing us away? So that's why I don't think they're going to do it. I think Fox would be pissed off. And I could be wrong. And I hope I'm wrong. Talking Smack was great. But ultimately, it's not going to be the Talking Smack you remember going off what Raw Talk was. It would just be an extra little extended segment. And it does make a hell of a lot more sense to say, hey, you know, two days ago, we did this thing on FS1. Maybe you should go and watch it. But maybe I'm wrong. I'm wrong a lot. I just guess. Uh, Somebody asked me how I am. S1 Hacks. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, dude. Tired. I'm really tired today. And I had a shaving... um, problem as you can see by the fact i have no beard don't often shave my beard off because i just like a massive egg i'm not a fan with my face with no beard but again there was a shaving mishap and i had to go all the way so i did it's as simple as that 
Um, and nicely, Mr. Han 041 says, everyone, I hope you all have an awesome day. If you've got some flowers, blaze it in one time for clear, calmer minds to prevail. That's very nice. I like this message of love. Um, and also, Zelina Vega apparently has a problem with trying to rehab guys obsessed with sex and other vices since that's how she started with Andrade in the first place. Good point. That is. A lot of sex with those three guys. But hey, more power to them. If they're well into sex and that's how they're getting through these, uh, these crazy times, then I will salute them and say, uh, and say fair enough. You know, sex is great. <laughs> we all think that. <laughs> we all think that that's basically the state of the wrestling world right now again if you are watching this live at 2 p.m bst head over to what culture wrestling give them a subscribe and join me live for ups and downs so much to recap this week raw has gone segment crazy a small part of me thinks that maybe it's time to just not i get not permanently because the deal is for three hours and the extra hour makes a load of ad revenue and why the hell would you stop making money but from a fan point of view if wwe was going to say look until we have fans back in we're just going back to 120 minutes i'd be like oh, you do it brother do it i mean i can't give you the extra money but in joke world i'll just give you the extra money to make it happen i find that third hour difficult to watch even with the atmosphere of uh, fans just because anything would be hard to watch for three hours and usually i use the energy to to get me through it i just think it would make the show so much tighter i genuinely believe and no one's going to believe this and i'm talking about more of a well-rounded pace show not that the good angles are better but if you had a two-hour raw show these days more or less more content would be better than what you saw in the Attitude Era. I'm not saying it would be better than Austin and The Rock. No, nowhere near close. But a lot of the crap we got on the Attitude Era, we forget about now. And I actually think we get a lot of good stuff. Like the first match on Raw was Alistair Black versus Seth Rollins, and it was awesome. And the closing match was a quick kind of Attitude Era-esque match with a bunch of story and two big dudes going after it. You, you know, there were most Raws had sort of like 30% awesome and 70% what the hell is going on. Um, so I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind. Again, I know it's not going to happen because you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't shoot yourself in the foot for advertising revenue, especially at the moment when you need cash. So I don't see it happening anytime soon. But I did have this thought the other day. I was like, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice? Uh, Fox loves the WWE since the WWE has been providing additional content to them for FS1. Probably true. I think they seem quite happy with their relationship. Uh, did you find it weird the performance center was cheering for Jeff Hardy after attempted murder in a storyline? Well, I think they knew that he'd been set up, right? Because we're meant to believe Jeff. He's the good guy. But who even knows? Um, it's only difficult to watch because of how many ads there are. When you watch the show with no adverts, it's really easy viewing. Yes, Robbie, but I know how you're doing this. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean, like, when I, I fast forward the ads. I don't watch it live. Um, I just think that it would be, I just think it'd be a tighter show. I think it'd be a more enjoyable, tighter show if it was two hours. It's not going to happen. That's just my opinion. Uh, do you think Dolph and Cesaro are going to feud now? No, because they're not going to turn either one of those face. Uh, no, I don't think so at all. Although Cesaro is absolutely one of the most underrated wrestlers ever. I know we all love him, but he's so good in the ring. He's so technically great. I think he's probably up there with one of the best technical wrestlers. Zack Sabre Jr., Daniel Bryan, and then Cesaro's got to be fighting in there too. There'll be somebody else I've forgotten, but um, it's uh, he's, he's just brilliant. He's just so brilliant. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, right. On that note, I will thank you very much. Like I say, we're going to hang out here on Twitch for a little bit. Keep an eye on whatever it is that you get the alerts for Twitch. Give me a follow if you haven't already. And twitch.tv for Simon 316. We will stream as much as we can. We'll return to YouTube eventually, but right now I'm trying to focus on on-demand videos. So make sure you hit Simon Miller up on there and give me a subscribe. Instagram and Twitter at Simon 316. Again, thank you to everyone on my Patreon. You make this possible. I can't, if this, if it died tomorrow on my Patreon, 
patron, so would my shows. So patreon.com forward slash simonmiller316. And do keep an eye on simonmiller.bigcartel.com. I'm going to do a big sale soon. I just have to take a stock inventory to see what I've got left. And I just want to try and sell as much as possible and then start again with some new merchandise. So if you want some cheap Simon Miller tees, and let's face it, who doesn't want that? Sounds like the best thing in 2020. Uh, like I said, I'll probably do a proper 50% off sale and just sell as much as I can. And I will finish with... Uh, no, I won't. No, I won't. I was going to talk about In Your House. We'll do that later. It's obviously, In Your House is this Sunday. Lots already been filmed for it. So we'll be, uh, I'll be intrigued. Uh, thanks very much for joining me. Again, I'll definitely do one on Thursday, but I'm going to try and do one tomorrow as well. I do want to get into doing daily ones, even though they'll just be 30 minutes of time. Otherwise, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your, um, well, just sitting there listening to me talk. It's nice here, and I'll talk to you soon.